Good morning, Coosa Valley. How y'all doing this morning? That's great. I'm glad to hear that y'all are doing well. It is a great day to be in God's house this morning. It's a great day to worship and praise Him. You know what? Scripture, I've said this before. I, I, I sometimes don't like repeating scriptures, but this one is worth repeating. You know, the Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice. So this morning, let's stand. Let's get in His presence and let's rejoice in the Lord always because He's worthy to be praised. We are, he is worthy for us to rejoice about Him. I tell you, when I wake up in the morning and I see the blessings and the things that He has done for me, it makes me want to shout. It makes me want to rejoice. It makes me happy to know that my God loves me, to know that my God cares about me. So this morning, as we gather together in this place, let's pray first, but then let's worship and praise Him because, again, He loves you. He's worthy to be praised, and why not but praise Jesus? So let's pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for all your many blessings in this house. God, we thank you for providing, Lord God, for giving us the ability to be here and even travel to this place, God, to worship you. Lord, as we go into the worship service today, God, I pray a fresh anointing to flow over our worship team, God. Lord, a fresh anointing to pour over our musicians, God. Lord, a fresh anointing to pour over our pastor as he presents the gospel today, God. And also, Lord, God, today to present a fresh anointing over the drama today. God, Lord, I pray, Lord, as we move into this worship part of the service, God, pour out your anointing on the congregation today, God. Those listening on live stream, they don't have to be here, but God, pour out your anointing on them as well, God. Let your presence be known in every heart, every life listening, whether live today, in-house, or on live stream in their house. God, I pray, Lord, that you just move in a miraculous and mighty way. Touch the hearts and lives, God. There's needs over the house today. God, Lord, you see every need. You see all the hearts. You see the, the, the requests, the ones that are known and the ones that are unknown. So, God, today I say wherever they are, whoever they are, and whatever it be, God, I pray that you meet the need today. Lord, move in their lives, God. If they're in their house and they can't be here today, Lord, move in their lives today. Lord, help them today. Give them the healing that they need in their bodies today, God. And, Lord, we again, we worship you. We praise you today because, Lord, you are worthy. You are, Lord, greater than anything in this world, and we praise you. And we thank you for the love that you've sent to us, especially with your son, Jesus Christ. We will forever give you the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Worship church this morning. Join with us in song this morning.
lift your hands for just a moment. Let's worship Him today. Aren't you glad that you feel Him in this place? You know, there's been several times that you can go in somewhere and you just feel... I've heard several people, they'll say, I go, I went such and such house, or I went over here, or went there, and I felt an eerie feeling. Felt something that just didn't feel right. But you know what? I can come to the house of God, and I feel Jesus in this place. Amen? Would you give God a great hand clap of praise this morning? Just give God a great hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. You may be seated this morning. First of all, I want to thank our praise team. Thank them also. They do an awesome job. Thank our tech folks. They get the they get the bad end of the stick when things go wrong, but when everything goes right, then nobody knows they're here. So I thank them. I thank uh, thank each one for doing a great part in making Coosa Valley an awesome place. Amen. Amen. Uh, just a quick announcement before we get started. Remember. April the 4th, April the 4th, the first Sunday in April, which is Easter Sunday. We will be starting our Sunday school classes back in-house. From now through that time, we're having Sunday school class in-house in the sanctuary just to sort of get back into the field, get back into coming back into the house of God for Sunday school time for that time frame. So just keep that in mind. Just start. You can start joining us back in the sanctuary but we'll be having our Sunday school classes uh, in all of our areas uh, starting the first Sunday of April, which is Easter Sunday. Amen? Amen. This morning, I've asked our Ignite drama. They did this drama a few weeks ago in Wednesday night, and I've asked them to come and to do this drama here uh, in, our, in our sanctuary this morning. Over the last several weeks, we have been talking about Stronger Together. We've been talking about how the fact that when we have multiple locked together, when we are united, we have a stronger front above everything else. We have a stronger front with everything that's going on. We're able to attack and we're able to go against anything that would come against us as a church body when we are stronger, when we are together. Why? Because we're stronger together. And in those times, whenever one is weak, we can, we can lift each other up and we can hold each other and we can help to go through our day-to-day -day lives. Why? Because we know somebody is praying for us. Someone is getting a hold of God for whatever the need may be in your life. Now, in those times of being stronger together, there's another thing that we really need to grasp a hold of. There are times that whenever we start bringing things, and I know that I've said this, I couldn't tell you how many times I tell us that whenever there's something going on in our lives, there's a burden, there's a, there's a trial, there's a trouble, that we need to bring it and we need to lay it down at the foot of the cross. However, too many times what we do is we bring and we lay it at the foot of the cross and then as we're getting up, we're making sure nobody's looking and we grab a hold of that and we keep that because we feel comfortable knowing that we've got a hold of that thing, whatever it may be. We're going to talk about that here in just a few moments. But whatever it may be, we've, we have a, it's like a safety blanket or, or whatever because we, we keep that in our close-knit to us and we know where it's at. But what we need to do is we need to let go of those things and we need to leave it at the foot of the cross. But by hanging on, 
Remember I said we're stronger together. A few weeks ago, it's been several weeks ago now, me and uh, Pastor Michael, we were standing down in the front. We, we locked arms and one went one way and one was going the other way. We was not going together the same direction. We was going in two different directions, but we was interlocked and we was pulling back and forth. Eventually, one won over the other one. We won't say which one that was. But here's the, here's the simple fact of the matter. No matter which one it was, if that one person had a suitcase of weights holding them down, it would have been so much harder for the other one to pull. If I'm standing up here and somebody is standing down here, if I'm trying to lift them up, it's so much harder to lift if they've got such a weight holding them back. But what I need us to realize is when we take things to the foot of the cross, we need to take them and we need to leave them there. Don't pick it back up because we are stronger together. There is power. There is power. Come on.
Yes, glory to God. They did an awesome job, didn't they? Amen. Give them another hand clap. Amen. Now give God a great hand clap of praise. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Too many times we allow these things to just clutter up in our lives and we allow these things to burden us down and we allow them to hold us back from doing what God's called us to do. You know, church, we don't need to allow this stuff that's over here. Oh, but Brother Andy, this stuff is real. This, you just don't know what, it is, what it's like to face these things. No, I may not know what it's like to face all of these things, but I'm going to tell you something. I face things just like anybody else. But what we must understand, what we've got to realize, what we've got to know is that we cannot allow these things to keep us burdened down. We can't allow these things to keep hindering our lives and to keep hindering what God is trying to do for us. We've got to get rid of those things and we've got to tear the chains away. Brother Ryan, leave, them, leave the chains out here. Just leave them out on the floor. We've got to continue to get rid of the chains in our lives. We can't allow them to hold us back. But what mo most of the time what happens is simply this. We carry around an invisible bag. We carry something around in our lives and we, we allow that to be what everything goes into. We put everything in that bag and we tote it around and we keep all of those things. Now I know that every woman in here has got a purse. I've picked up some of these purses and they weigh 14,000 pounds. I've, I've picked up some of those purses and they weigh a whole lot more than that. I'm trying to figure out what kind of bricks and blocks you got in those things. I have heard many, many times that those that totes those purses that they'll have back and neck pains. And I'm sitting here thinking, no wonder. But now think about that and think about what it is to be a Christian. Think about that and think about what it is to really be a Christian. Because we have a bag that we're toting around and we keep things in that bag. We'll go to the foot of the cross and we'll go and we'll get a hold of God and we'll bow down and, oh God, help us, help me. And we're, we're saying we're leaving it there and then we walk away and when nobody's looking, we go pick it back up and we walk off with it. Why? Because we feel, as I've already mentioned, we feel comfortable when it's close to, close to us. We'll put it inside and we'll try to keep... But here's the problem. This starts getting heavy. So we start taking an inventory of what's inside of that bag that we're carrying. And we'll be honest with you, I have no idea which one's going to be in here. We're fixing to get for a surprise. I'm going to look at them first. Dishonesty. Dishonesty. There's times that whenever something will happen, and we'll talk about this again in just a moment, but there's times that things will happen and we allow dishonesty. It's not about stealing an ink pen or stealing a crayon or stealing a, 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 a piece of chewing gum. Here's the problem that comes in with dishonesty. 
that opens the door for so many other things. When you start allowing one thing to come in, it opens the door for so much more. We've got to break the chains of dishonesty. We've got to break the chains of dishonesty and lay that down at the foot of the cross. He's He's, he's stirring stuff all over the altar. It's time we started bringing stuff and lay it down at the altar and quit getting it back up. We need to leave it at the altar and allow God to clean it up. Another thing that comes in is anxiety. You know, when we allow anxiety, look, I'm going to go ahead and tell you something. Is anxiety real? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But I'm going to tell you something. You, they can throw every pill known to man at anxiety. And for a time it may start to help. But until we allow the great physician to move in and start working, and it's not an over-the-night thing. Hello? This is not something that happens overnight. Is it something that may jump back up at us? It may do it. But what we've got to do is whenever we have one of those anxiety attacks or one of those panic attacks, I know that those things are real. But what we've got to do is we've got to say, I'm covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. God has taken a hold of this and I'm laying it down at the foot of the cross. And no matter how many times it may come my way, I'm not a defeated foe. I'm laying it down at the cross of Calvary. scared oh boy this one's a big one impatience impatience let me tell you something church there's a lot of times that we get impatient with our spouse and with our children but I want to touch on something about getting impatient with God I want to talk about something about getting impatient with God. We're going to talk about it again in just a moment when we open the big bag. But what we've got to understand is we've got to remember that God is the creator of all things. He is the ruler of the entire universe. And God knows the right time and the right place and the right order for things to happen. COVID-19 did not catch him by surprise. None of the, these things that happen with your financial situation, with your sickness, with your health, any of those things, none of those things caught God by surprise. Instead of allowing those things to hinder us, we need to quit being impatient with God and say, God, here I am. You're timing your timing and allow God to take that impatience with all of those things and we need to leave it at the cross of Calvary we need to leave it at an altar amen now this small bag doesn't hold a whole lot but it's holds it's holding some big stuff this small bag doesn't hold a whole lot but there's a problem there's a problem the things that it holds can weigh us down. We can allow all of these things to bog us down. And we can allow fear to get a hold of our lives. We can allow fear to ruin our lives. 
We can allow fear to run our lives. And when we do that, we have, we have allowed a defeated foe to take charge of our lives. Why? Because fear does not come from God. Fear does not, it does not come from the heavens above. Amen? God did not give me a spirit of fear. It's time that we take a hold of fear and we get rid of fear. We tear it up. We lay it down at the foot of the cross and say, Devil, I don't have a spirit of fear because God gave me a spirit of love and of self-control and a sound mind. I know that God's got my life. But you see what the problem is? We'll pick these things back up and we'll place them back in our bag that we're toting around. And eventually that bag starts to get full. It starts to get heavy. It starts to bog us down. And so we think, well, get rid of that bag and I can get another bag. Go ahead and put my first little... Uh, what, what's my first slide? You're going to have to help me on this one because I ain't got no notes here. You see what I'm saying? Go to the first slide. Hebrews chapter 12, I believe, verse 1. Church, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. There's a great cloud of witnesses in the heavens that's looking down. Now, I've had so many people discuss and they're trying to figure out who this great cloud of witnesses are. Who is this group of people? Now, I don't know. But I'm going to tell you what Brother Andy thinks, what Brother Andy hopes. I hope my grandparents is part of that great cloud of witness. I hope that they're looking down from the heavens and saying, I'm going I'm to whoop that boy's backside. Or I hope, and I'm hoping that they're looking down from the heavens and saying, he needs an extra touch from the portals of glory. Ah, but then again, there's also going to be those others. There's angels. This is that great cloud of witnesses. Then there's also those folks like David, Moses, Abraham. There's all of these great prophets of God. They're part of that great cloud of witnesses. They know what we are facing. They're knowing, they know what we're going through. We've got a great cloud of witnesses. What we've got to do is we've got to lay aside all of these weights and sin that was so closely clings to us because we've got to run the race that God has set before us. We've got to have endurance to continue. Toting this stuff wears your endurance down. Toting this stuff wears your stamina down. You can't run if you're holding a bunch of baggage. Have you ever watched these runners, these professional runners, these runners that's, on, um, that's in the Olympics, or these track runners? They don't have a whole lot of <clears throat> body weight. It's like me. <clears throat> they keep themselves, no comment back from the sound booth. They keep, they keep themselves on a regiment. There's certain foods they stay away from. They don't eat Debbie cakes. Send them my way. They don't eat German chocolate cakes. Send it my way. They watch the things that goes into their bodies. Why? 
because they got to make sure that the right stuff is there when they need to run. Church, as a spiritual race that we're running, we've got to make sure that these things are laid aside because they'll weigh us down. That German chocolate cake sure does taste good, but it's not good for the runner. Hello? So now watch this. Go to the first point. Once you are free from the shackles that has you bound, you don't need to walk over and start playing with the chains. Did you see just a moment ago how the chains was tore off? The chains was removed. What did they do? They threw them to the side. But what many of us do, we'll just hang on to them for a little while. We want to put them in our little bag. We want to pick those up and put them in our little bag. We want to make sure that I know where they're at when I want to satisfy the lust of the flesh. I got to make sure that I know where my chains that had me bound. I got to know where they're at because when the lust of the flesh, when the desires of life gets a hold, I need to know where I can pick up my chains because I've got to satisfy something in my life. I've got to satisfy those areas and I need to know where they're at. But what we've got to do is we've got to throw them to the side. We got to get them to the foot of the cross of Calvary. We got to lay them there. We got to get rid of those things. Why? Because they will. Oh, that's heavy. They will weigh you down. So now let's take a moment. Let's take a look. Too many times what happens is, too many times what happens is simply this. We allow that, that smaller bag to get full. And we decide we're going to pack a bigger bag. How many has ever went on a vacation? Has ever been on a trip? All of your stuff didn't fit in one bag. What happened? You got to go find another one. You got to go find another one. You got to go find another one. I ain't got my glasses off on, but I ain't got my glasses on, but I know, I see, I, look, it's so big, I see every guy's face grinning from ear to ear. Now I'm going to put my glasses back on. What happens is simply this. We start weighing things down because the, big, the small bag doesn't hold it. So we start pulling things. Let's start looking and see what we've thrown in this bigger bag. Inside the bigger bag is shame. Next slide. Shame. Shame holds us back. We're ashamed of the things that from our past. We're ashamed of the things that weighs us down. We're ashamed of the things that we don't want anybody else to see. I know that everybody has watched the news at some point in time and you start getting those those times where they start doing those congressional hearings where they're looking into a, a, an appointee on a certain area and they're saying, hey, let's look into their past. They start calling all these folks. 
Let me tell you something. My past is covered by the blood. We need to let our past go to the blood of Jesus. I'm not telling you that the things we don't need to start looking from our past and learning. I'm telling you whenever the devil brings up your past and says you cannot serve God because there's so much behind you. There's things that you need to be ashamed of. You need to remind him that's been covered by the blood. That's been covered by the blood. We come out with anxiety. We've already talked about this once. It was so much that the small bag couldn't handle it. We had to make a bigger bag. We had to put it in the bigger bag. Why? Because it was so overwhelming. Let me tell you something. I realize that anxiety is a very true thing. I realize that anxiety and panic attacks and those things, it's real, church. I'm not going to tell anybody, I've heard this said before, you have an anxiety attack or you have a, a panic attack, that's just the devil. That's just the devil. I'm not telling you that because I don't believe that. I do believe that the devil can bring some of those things on. I do believe that the devil can bring some of those things on. I do believe that medication does help. I do believe that medication works. But I'm going to also tell you something else. What we've got to do is we've got to realize those things that are following into that anxiety. Those things that are following into that panic area. Those things that are creeping up on us. I'm not telling you it's never going to catch you by surprise, but I'm telling you this. What we've got to do is we've got to say, God, this ain't, this ain't a fast process. We've got to say, God, I know that I have anxiety. I know that panic comes on. But God, I need you to unpack my suitcase. I need you to get a hold of these areas in my life. I need you to help me. Because I need to be able to do what you're calling me to do. I'm not saying that this has stopped me. But I'm saying I don't want it to weigh me down. We also find things such as depression. Boy, this is another big one. How many has ever had the death of a family member? Death of a loved one? The death of somebody that you was taking care of? I'm going to tell you something. You can fall into a sign, into a hole of depression. You can fall there. How many has ever had a bad, a, a medical prognosis given to you? That was not good. Let me tell you something, church. You can fall into depression. How many has ever had things not go your way? Things that got turned upside down. You can fall into depression. What we've got to do is a church family, along with, this, along with anxiety and those panic attacks, what we as a church family has got to do is those that are stronger in the Lord has got to look to those that are weaker. Doesn't mean it's not saved. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you something. Just because you're stronger in the Lord does not mean you're a leader in any area. There's prayer warriors that will never teach a Sunday school class and they're stronger spiritually than the pastor can be. 
Hello? What we've got to do is we've got to have some folks that can spot those. Those times of depression in our lives. I'm not telling you that they're going to run over and they're going to ha 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 ha. Because if you do that and I catch you, I'll knock you in the head. What we've got to do is we've got to have a time where you've spotted that and you're going to say, God, I know that they need help. God, give them a double portion. Help them. Give me the words to say. Show me what you would have me to do. There's another one that really gets a hold of folks at times and they keep it in their bag. It'll keep them down. It's called lust. Everywhere you look on TV now, you start finding actions of lust and infidelity. You can't watch a TV show hardly now unless you find something like this. I told them whenever they wrote these names, they can put them in whatever color they want. They put this in, in green. Didn't tell them to. But I'm going to tell you something. Along with lust is jealousy. Hello? These two sort of work hand in hand a lot of times. What we've got to understand is there are areas, you know, you, you grew up in, in children's church and in Sunday school. And what, what was the songs that was always sung? Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Oh, nobody will ever know. God sees it all. As a pastor of a church, what we've had to do is we've had to, we've had to put safeguards in place. Sister Carrie trusts me explicitly, or at least she's told me she does. But that trust can be there, but safeguard is still there. Hello? Everybody's on the same page with me. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Somebody told me they didn't like the fact that cameras were starting to go up in different areas. Brother Ronnie Madsen said, ooh, there's cameras. I'm going to start coming to church with a brown bag on my head. But what we've got to understand is simply this. There's cameras outside these buildings to watch because peaceful people will start lusting over your car while you're in church. Hello? Anybody hear me? Hello? They'll start lusting over, oh, they'll look in your car and they'll say, oh, I'm lusting over that iPad laying in there. I'm, lust I'm lusting over that radio system laying in there. They start getting jealous because you got something they ain't got. And that evil green monster will grab a hammer and break that windshield. And try to get that. But there's also cameras inside. I meet people in this building. I meet people. There's certain places I'll sit. Do you know why? Whether male or female. There's certain places I sit. You know why? 
Because Sister Carrie can turn that camera on anytime she wants to. As for my protection and for whoever else. Lust can get a hold of anybody's life. We've got to make sure that we get they allow God. Oh, everybody's quiet on that one. We got to allow God to clean our suitcase out. We go on and we look at fear. Fear can weigh you down. I can't teach that Sunday school class. I don't have the words to say. I can't teach that Sunday school class because I've seen the pastor, he'll walk around the halls and he'll stop and listen outside those Sunday school rooms. I don't want him listening. I'm going to say the wrong... Have you ever heard me? I can't pronunciate much words. I don't know no English either. My English teachers, when they listen, I, when, they go, when they get on live feed, I know it. I get a text. I get a message. Fear can grab a hold of your life and can weigh you down so heavy that you don't know what's going to happen next. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of sound, love, self-control, and a solid mindset. There's the fear of rejection. I tried to think about what to say about this one. So I'm just going to share you what goes on in my head on every Monday. Every Monday morning. Most Mondays, I come this close from quitting being a pastor. A lot of Mondays, I quit. I'm sitting in that office and I quit. I'm done. Because the church has rejected what God has given to me to give to the church. How has the church rejected you? It could be that somebody wasn't there at church Sunday morning. And I know they needed to hear from God. This is probably what's going to go on in my mind tomorrow morning. So-and-so wasn't here. I went back and they wasn't watching the live feed. They knew because I've been pushing this some on social media. They knew because I've even told some of them. They knew what was coming. And they wasn't there. The church has rejected me. I quit. But I'm going to tell you something. I tell God, you get that out of my suitcase. I cannot have a heavy burden of rejection weighing me down. I don't care if one person is the only person that came to get a hold of God today. God, you sent me here for a reason and a purpose. And that was for that one person. 
We've got to make sure rejection does not weigh us down. Brother Andy didn't let me teach this Sunday morning. He don't like me no more. I'm going to tell you something. I have found out some people has left this church because Brother Andy wouldn't let them teach. Let me let you in on a little secret. Brother Andy didn't know they wanted to teach. My crystal ball's been broken for 41 years and I ain't going back to the shop and getting it. That's all I got to say about that. Greed. Let me tell you something that'll happen with greed. Greed can get a hold of a... I know that we all, we all, everybody know what greed means. Everybody got this. You got this. Okay. Let me tell you something. Greed can move into a church body. Greed can move into a church body. Oh, we've got, we've got beautiful facility. The pastor hadn't stood up one time and said, we need extra money to pay the power bill this month. It was $734. He hasn't done that. By the way, it was $734. Greed can get into a church and our mindset can get to the point of one of the churches in the, Revela- in the book of Revelation. We can get our mindset, if I'm not mistaken, don't anybody throw a songbook at me if I say the wrong church name. The Laodicean church. We get our mindset, oh, we've got, we've got, we've got. We don't need anything else. Let me tell you something. We get in the point where we're starting to be greedy over the possessions of this world. And we say, we don't need anything else. I'm going to tell you something. God needs to get a hold of the greed chain that's in your suitcase and get rid of it as a church body. Why? This church ain't got that. Let me tell you something. This church ain't there. This church has gotten hungry for God. This church is wanting more of God. And I'm going to tell you something. When a church gets greedy and they say, we've got all the possessions, we don't need anything else they're throwing God out the window I don't care what we got and I don't care what we ain't got we need more of God I don't care what service we had two Sundays ago three Sundays ago we need more of God we need more of God my Lord how many more is in here Lies. That little white lie won't hurt nobody. That little white lie is not going to tear nothing up. I can text. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble with this one. I don't, I don't need to be looking at that camera. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going to look at the camera when I say this and I'll be all right, but I better not. I'm going to get behind the poster board when I say this one. I can text my student pastor and I can tell them that I've got to work and I really don't. They'll never know. And that's why I'm not at 
Wednesday night service. What we must understand, I'm going to tell you something. Adults, our kids learn from us. You want them to act better? Start looking in the mirror. I don't know who said all that just then, but we'll just let them say that, and I'm going to say this. Look in the mirror. Quit blaming it on TV. Do you pay the, pay the power bill? Do you pay the cable bill? You've got the right to grab a hold of that remote and shut it off. Quit blaming it on the Internet. Go unplug the blooming thing. Brother Andy, it's all, it's all wireless now. There's a router that brings it in. Unplug it. Then I can't see my shows. Good! Oh. I better put this into the side before I get in trouble. Boy, I'm going to feel rejection. Not... Was that one, was that one, was that one, that one planned? That was good, wasn't it? Y'all, there ain't nothing on here. <laughs> Busyness. We get ourselves to the point in time, I'm doing a work for God. I'm cutting the grass. I'm, I'm over there painting. I'm, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I'm doing a work for God. When are you having private devotional time? I ain't got the t- I ain't got time because I'm always cutting the grass or I'm always I'm always pressure washing the building or I'm always doing this I'm always doing that I've got all this family stuff I'm gonna tell you something you better get in time of prayer you can lose thirty minutes of sleep look don't even blame it on needing beauty never mind oh that was ugly. You can get a hold of God when you start to get too busy to allow God to do something in your life. You better let God get a hold of that chain. You better let God break that chain because it's got you bound down. Hello? Yeah. I have said this word a thousand times. Despondency. Although we are told that we're living in a peppy generation. Before COVID-19 hit, everybody was just so carefree. So peppy. Fun and laughter is where it's at. Fun and laughter is all we need to get through the day. Let me tell you something. Even during COVID, there's been a lot of folks that have thought, as long as I've got fun and laughter, I get through everything. Let me tell you something. I know that God has a sense of humor.
But I also know that despondency is a very heavy weight that can bind you down. Being so carefree about whatever in life can weigh you down. It pulls at your heart. It anchors your spirit. And it will hinder your prayer life. And it will discourage a Christian in general. We need to get God a hold of this chain of despondency. There's a chain of discouragement. It's been said numerous times. A discouraged Christian, God cannot use. Worse than that is a discouraged person will quickly change the mood of everyone around them. Discouragement is contagious. A bad mood is contagious. We come to the house of God. The Bible tells us, I have joy unspeakable and full of glory. When I come into God's house, I need to have joy flowing out. And if I can't do that, I better get a hold of an altar and bring, bring discouragement to the foot of the cross. Too many times we allow doubting to get a hold of our lives. Doubting becomes burdensome to most of us at one time or another. We start to doubt. I'm doubting that Brother Andy's going to ever end this sermon. Hello? Let me get rid of the doubt. I will. When your suitcase is empty. Let me tell you something. Jesus rebuked disciples for doubting when there was a great storm on the sea. What did he have to do? He spoke peace, be still. Let me tell you something that's not in your Bible that I believe is in the DAL version of that Bible. I believe that when Jesus said, why are you of little faith? I believe that Jesus probably could have went on and said, I'm not putting words in his mouth, and I'm not putting words in the Bible's mouth. But I'm going to tell you, based off of other scriptures, the Bible plainly tells us that if Jesus spoke peace to the storm, he gave us the same authority. I've got the peace to speak peace to the storms that's raging in my life. I need to quit doubting that the storms are going to calm down. I need to start standing up, standing on the Word of God and say, Peace, be still. Go ahead and give God praise. Jesus got a hold of Peter for doubting when he, tried, when he started walking on the water and he started to sink. Jesus got a hold of Peter and said, you got to keep your eyes on me. Quit looking at what's going on around us and start looking at the master. Because of doubt and unbelief, Jesus could not perform miracles in his hometown of Nazareth. Why? Because of the home folk mentality. He couldn't do the things that he wanted to do at home. Let me tell you something. It's not that 
those folks at your home. It's not that those neighbors, it's not that those work, those co-workers that you're around are doubting that your witness is true. It's that you're doubting that they're going to listen to you. Hello? You got a spouse that ain't in church? It's time to go in and say, and go around that home and say, God is getting a hold of this house. God is getting a hold of this family. And you do not need to doubt it. I had one that said that they was going to dump anointing oil all over their spouse's head. You go for it. I'm not involved in it. But doubting Jesus, doubting that Jesus has the power to save, that's a sinful part of life. There's that ugly word again, impatience. This is a serious handicap to Christians. The Bible advises us to run the race with patience. Impatience makes us fretful, hasty, ineffective, disagreeable, and unwelcoming to those around us. We need to be patient and allow God to work. Quit rushing God. And get into the will of God in your life. These are chains that we need to break. Ooh. Remember I've said before, COVID-19 is real. But I'm worried more about the spiritual sickness that's sweeping across our church world. And that's called lazy-itis. Lazy-itis has swept across our church. And people have gotten into the mentality of being a couch Christian. I can get a hold of church and I can join church at home. Brother Andy, just unplug it. No, there's folks that are watching our live feed that's had to work. That are truly sick. That are homebound. Just did the averages for last month. A hundred and... I forgot the number. A hundred and twenty plus every week. That's a whole lot more than that. Are joining our live feed services. 106 every Sunday morning joining us on live feed. Tell me God's not reaching somebody. But when we start allowing that camera to allow us to stay on the couch just because we've got lazy itis, we need God to break that chain. Brother Andy, you're going to offend somebody. You know what? It's time to get rid of that word being offended. It's time to get a hold of another word. It's called conviction. Come on now. Dishonesty. It creates the mind and the heart of a cheater. Some people can hide their dishonesty from the pastor. 
They can hide their dishonesty from the student pastor, the children's leaders, the Sunday school teacher, but you're not going to hide your dishonesty from God. This weight besets us. We must get rid of dishonesty. Ananias and Sapphira, they was not told they had to, nor was they told they had to give everything they sold their parcel of land for. They lied to the Holy Spirit of God. There are a lot of church folks that's lying to God. The one everybody's been waiting on. The last one. I hope you've gotten something out of this. Now when anybody sees a suitcase sitting up on the stage, they're running. Last one. Prosperity and comfort. We allow God, or we take the things that God's given to us, our possessions, our things in our lives, and we start to count those things as value, as I'm wealthy. I've got something. When me and Sister Carrie bought that blue car, there was some folks that came to, it wasn't this church, but there was some church folks that came to us privately. They better be glad. We paying you too much. That car was bought because I had a full-time job outside of the church. That car was bought because Sister Carrie had a job outside the church. But there's a lot of, but it's okay for the, this church has never thought this way, but I'm just using this as an example. It's okay for the, for the pastor to drive around in a beat down car that drinks more oil than the, gas do, than the gas tank does. But we're going to drive a brand new vehicle every week. This church has never thought that way, and I'm, not, I'm using that as an example to show you what people think of prosperity. They think of we've got all of the possessions in the world and that's all I ever need. But we allow that prosperity and those finances and those, that comforts of life, we allow that to get us comfortable. We allow that to bring comfort into our lives to, not, to think that because we're, we've got money, because we've got possessions, there's not a thing wrong with having possessions. There's not a thing wrong with having finances. Hello? There ain't a thing wrong with those things. Some of you sitting here, you work 60 and 70 hours a week and you bring home a good paycheck. I'm glad that God has prospered you. Some of you have worked for years and now you're on retirement. And we all know you can't live off of Social Security, but you've got retirement account. And you are, you're, you're okay. I don't know of anybody that's in here as a billionaire. If you are, you would need to talk after church. But you've used those things, and now you've got a comfortable life. There's nothing wrong with that. But when we allow that to get us into a rut, we allow that to get us comfortable to the point of, I don't need anything else. It is the prosperous, successful, 
and more comfortable that we make ourselves, the less danger, distress, illness, and misfortune of the world seems to get to us. It's easier when we get in a comfort zone to forget that we need the Word of God. It's, it's more easier for us to forget that we need the Word of God. We need Christian fellowship. We need all of those things of a spiritual life. When we allow the comforts of life, we allow prosperity to cause us to forget God. This is a chain that needs to be broken. Would you stand? When you're done with the shackles that's got you bound. When you've allowed God to clean out your suitcase. When you've allowed God to get rid of those things. Do not pick up the chain and start playing with it. We've got to leave it at the altar. Quit picking it back up. My past, my failures, distress, troubles of life, fear, anxiety, depression. We need to get rid of it and leave it at the, at the altar. I'm not telling you that it's not going to come back up and creep back up and mess with your mind again. Because I'm going to tell you something. Let me, let me let you in on a little secret. It will. And I'm not telling you're a sinner because you have these things. But I'm telling you this. When these chains start to try to mess with us, some of you have these things in your life. And, you're all, and the chain of the mind is starting to mess. Brother Andy's talking about you. He's making fun of you. He's talking down about you. Let me let you hear this from my mouth. No, I am not. But I'm telling you this. I am here to help get a hold of God to unclutter your baggage to get rid of the chains that's got you bound when those things have you bound it will bind you and prevent you from doing the work God's called you to do would you bow your heads and would you pray with us God in the name of Jesus Father, right now, I pray that you will touch and you'll minister. God, that the words that have come forth today, Father, that they would resonate in the hearts and lives of each one, whether in-house or on live feed. Father, I know that this message has, has done something to try to mess with our hearts and our minds. 
I know that some, whether in a house or live feed, I know that some could say, Brother Andy's against me because I'm facing some of those same things. I can promise you, church, Brother Andy ain't against you. Brother Andy is on your side. God, I'm praying right now that you will help our church family to know that you are able to move in whatever has us bound. Help us to break the chain in our life. God, I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Live feed, thank you.